If you're wondering why you should listen to me, I'm your everyday 24-year-old guy going through everyday struggles. And maybe, just maybe, you'll feel better knowing you're not alone. My name is Brandon Dennis, a nursing student living in New York. Interested in learning all that I can, I make friends with all kinds of people. Everything from music to business and fitness, I'm open to hear everything and anything. Welcome to the Unwritten Podcast. All right, all right. Welcome, everyone, to the Unwritten Podcast. My name is Brandon Dennis, and I'm your host. And welcome back for another episode of the Unwritten Podcast. Uh, This week, I have something a little bit different for you guys. I know last week we were talking about getting into fall, talking about school, setting up our goals, talking about the weather, football, all sorts of things that come with September and the following months, October, November, so on and so forth, and just basically getting ourselves set up. But I wanted to just sort of highlight uh, this little timeline that we've had uh, since March up until now. I know I've kind of talked about COVID and I've been talking about all sorts of things related to it. Um, but now we're, we're sort of at this point where we've been dealing with the situation for a little bit. Um, since March, what has that been? About six months or so? Um can't do math in my head. Yeah, about six months or so that we've been dealing with COVID. So I wanted to reach out to people. And so a couple weeks ago on Twitter, I basically asked for people to reach out to me if uh, they have had job security issues when it comes uh, that that are related to COVID. Are are they unemployed because of COVID? Um, And also just bringing this all back to the whole idea and the value of the college degree. So um. I've have I have two interviews that I'm gonna uh, bring to you guys. Uh, we're gonna do one today for Monday, and I'll have the other one sort of sneak in somewhere uh, in the middle of the week. So we'll be having two episodes this week. Super stoked, super excited for that. Um, first interview is going to be with our man Daniel Zwaro, um, really great friend from high school. Um, he's doing his best, uh, doing the best that he can right now. And I really just appreciated his time for, cause he was the first person to reach out for, uh, reach out to me. So I just really appreciate, uh, his, uh, openness, um, his ability to be vulnerable in, in this kind of moment and to sort of share his experience with COVID, um, how has it affected him and all that sort of stuff. So without further ado, here is my discussion with Daniel Zwaro. All right. So what's up, Dan? Nothing much. How's it going? Uh, it looks beautiful on your porch. Your, uh, <laughs> you know, beautiful blue all my, skies. All my stoop. <laughs> on your stoop. Okay. So I brought you here onto the podcast for um, a very specific reason. Um, in a recent podcast, I was talking about sort of like the value of like a college degree and everything and how one person in particular didn't go to college, but they... Uh, they ended up finding a different job, a different career, and they're pretty successful. But with everything with COVID that's happening, um, the job market is a little bit difficult. But actually, even before I even get into like the whole like job scenario with COVID, um, since everything popped off in March, how have you been? How have you been handling everything? How's your mental state with everything from March up until now? Oh, gosh. Um, mental state was depleting in late February when I was at my new job and it was starting to stress me out. And then once I left that job to go back to my old job and then was told to be put on hold because of the coronavirus, that was it. Mental health, uh, mental health was pretty much destroyed since March. 
And then, you know, the whole lockdown, the quarantine, the isolation, that did not help at all. Um, I guess now it's still somewhat stagnant, I guess, because it's still happening. I'm in a field that I pretty much don't want to be in right now. Um, you know, mental health for me was basically destroyed even before the coronavirus happened. Understood. Understood. So I would say just so everyone can kind of get like uh, an idea and so that I can get an idea. Um, so we both went to high school together, right? You graduated a year before me. Um, you went straight off to college afterwards or did you do something before going to college or what did you I do? Went, I went straight to college after. Okay. And what school did you go to and what uh, degree did you pursue? I went to SUNY Buffalo State, um, aka Buffalo State College. At first, I was undeclared, but then my sophomore year, I was a media production major, which is a different name for broadcasting. Um, they have three different communication programs there, uh, media production, journalism, uh, public relations, and communication studies, which is basically like all three mixed into one if you didn't have an idea of what you wanted to do within the media field. So it was like more like more broad. You just had more options to do with that specific as opposed to specializing yes. in any one, one specific thing. Okay. Yes. And it also like, it also did like, you know, kind of like a media studies thing, a lot of like analytics and all that. Now that's okay. So that's actually really, really cool and interesting because I had no idea. I remember we had like a little conversation on Twitter and I was just like, oh, like that sounds really, really cool, but I have no idea what that is. But uh, I, I thank you for that clarification. Um, so now, all right, high school, you went off to uh, Buff State, then you get your degree. Now, after getting your degree, was it easy for you to find a job? Um. At first, it wasn't. So I was looking around, you know, probably junior year, because I wasn't sure if I wanted to do grad school right out the gate. You know, a lot of professors were like, please don't do that because you're going to burn yourself out. And actually, a lot of people who have went to grad school straight out of undergrad have said, please don't do that because it does burn you out. Um, so at first, I went, you know, just looking around, but then I had messaged, you know, our we went to school with Eli and at the time he was working at Connoisseur Media and I had messaged him about, you know, how I could get in. He, he said, talk to Leanna, who we also went to school with and really tight circle with, here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, th that place a lot of people from North Babylon have worked at, but I spoke with her and then literally a few days after graduation, which was in May, I interviewed there and got the job as a part of their promotions crew. And, you know, promotions is fun. You go out to different events, concerts, venues, all that. You interact with all the listeners. You give out prizes. And it's fun, you know, seeing all of Long Island. Um, um, it's not like a full-time job. It's basically when you can get on the event. So it's kind of like, you know, part-time basis. Mm -hmm. I did that for a year and a half before they added me to do board operations, which is working the boards on the radio stations, controlling audio levels and all that. I did that in like March of 2019. And then as I was doing that, it was kind of like, you know, part-time plus another part-time. So it was kind of full-time just without the benefits. Um, 
at the time I was being hounded to get benefits because my father had lost his job previously before the coronavirus. His company was just laying off people like it was nothing. Oh, wow. So, yeah, he had previously worked with Zales and they were just laying people off like crazy. Um, so I had to get my own stuff, my own insurance. And at the time, it really wasn't making much. So it was basically only option was Medicaid, which isn't horrible, but, you know. Yeah, you don't want to, like, do what you don't have to do when it comes to those kind of things. I, I, yeah. yeah. Um, so I was talking with a friend, uh, with a DJ from the radio station. She's no longer there that now because of layoffs, but she had told me about uh, radio stations all the way out in Watermill that, were, that was looking for someone. I had interviewed with them, got the job in January and started there in February. And it wasn't horrible. It was just, you know, I was commuting an hour every, you know, every day, Monday to Friday, all the way out to Watermill. It's a mm, lot. Yeah, that, that's um, a true. That's a true. And then an hour back, which is also a lot. Um when I was there, you know, I would do like, you know, editing for commercials and all that. My main goal was to be on air, which they kind of let me did do when um when my boss went away on vacation. The other person covered his shift. I covered the other person's shift on one of the radio stations. And, you know, that's what I knew I wanted to be an on-air, ho- an on-air host. That's what I knew. I, that's what I wanted to do. And, you know, once that ended, I was back to pretty much just, I would go out there to basically do nothing. Um, which, you know, in hindsight, everyone's like, oh my God, you get paid to do nothing. But with me, I, I want to go out there to do something. I you you obviously it. want that experience because that's just like, I feel once you get that, that sort of degree and you sort of kind of like worked your way, like through different media jobs and whatnot, like that position where you're like, actually like on air you're actually doing what you wanted to do like there's a there's a level of like fulfillment and like purpose when you get to what you to what you want to get to so I, I totally see what you mean by uh okay like yeah like I did it while my boss was gone and now that he's back I'm not really doing that and now I'm getting paid to do anything like some people like you were just saying some people may say oh but you're getting paid to do nothing like isn't that great like yeah it's great but it's not what you want to do you know what I mean exactly and to go out an hour out of my way to you know basically do nothing pissed me off and not only that it took a it took effect on my mental health um you know the discussion of whether i'm bipolar or not is up in the air but they were aware of the mental state that i was in um i told them of my frustrations uh my boss at the time was like you know you're not as experienced as I thought you were. And that kind of threw me off because it's like, you know, you hired me, but then you tell me that, which, you know, isn't the best thing you want to hear. I mean, I have the experience, but I guess they wanted more. So I was thinking to myself, why am I coming out an hour out of my way just for you to tell me that? And then, you know, the next day, you know, I made a lot, I did a lot of thinking. I was still in contact with my old job at Connoisseur Media. You know, they always, they, when I left, they said, you have a home here. 
So I told them, listen, it's not working out. And they agreed at the radio station out east. So I had left. And then, you know, just about when I was going to go back to Connoisseur, the lockdown started happening. Wow. So sort of like your timeline kind of just like crunched into a little bit, uh, into a little short little segment is graduated, went to school, graduated, didn't go to grad school because that wasn't recommended for burnout. You finally got the job with Connoisseur where you're working with people that you're familiar with, but eventually you sort of branched out into something else. Uh, that was the radio station out East. You got there, you were actually doing something that you really, really enjoyed that you really loved. And then it sort of changed with, you know, sort of bureaucratic sort of battles when your boss came back and their evaluation of you. Um, and then as you were going back to Connoisseur, that's when, uh, that's when COVID happened. Yes. So I, I, my question to you is, why do you think media positions or radio positions are not available at the time? Is that because of social distancing in the booth? Is that because they just don't need that many people? Like, what do you think is the actual reason for media companies that not take on people with your, your, your skill set? I think a lot of it does have to do with social distancing. Um, you know, I talk with everybody at Connoisseur and they're either working from home or, you know, they're only allowing basically just the DJs into the studios. I know now they're not, it's, you know, everybody's back, but they're not doing like the positions that I used to be doing. You know, obviously there's no events going on and there's no, you know, there's isn't a need for a board operator at the moment because the venue that I used to do the board operating at right now, excuse me, is, uh, I guess it's closed at the moment because it is a concert hall. It's the Paramount. So. Oh, got you. So no events. There's no, you don't need anyone to, to work the boards kind of deal. Yes. Something I find super interesting about the whole COVID-19 situation is that it's such a, such a, you don't understand like how interconnected things are until like something like this happens. Like weird example, but uh, I was out yesterday with my sister and we were just like going around doing chores or whatnot. And we had to stop in an auto zone to go and grab something for my car. And uh, I see a little sign by the cash register and it's like, oh, uh, if you can do cash, like please exact change or whatever. And I went to my sister, just like, what is this whole thing about this coin shortage? Why is there a coin shortage? And, <laughs> out to, and it just, it just kind of blew my mind where it's just like, okay, we all businesses sort of stopped in March, right? And now everyone's at home. Everyone's now holding on to their cash. They're doing online purchases for an extended period of time. Uh, there's no money that's circulating to go back to the Federal Reserve to go and redistribute the coins. So when businesses are asking the Federal Reserve for coins to you know do the regular operations, the Federal Reserve doesn't have anything because people have hold, held on to their cash for multiple reasons, whether they think that the, the paper money or the coins can hold on to, you know, the virus and everything like that, because there's the whole thing about how it can stand on surfaces for a really long time. So people were kind of avoiding cash and doing contactless payments and things like that. So it's so weird that we don't realize how connected things are until things like this happen. I know that's a very far off example, but sort of the same thing. There's no concerts, there's no events. So you don't really need that, that there's not that need for media people. Uh, there's no like, 
even I would say for live broadcasting, right? If there's no events for, you know, radio host or anything to really talk about, then you don't really need that many people in, in the studio or in the booth or anything like that. Right. Exactly. And it's funny, my, my parents and I had the discussion about the uh, point shortage yesterday. I'm just like, everyone's paying card. Everyone's ordering online. You know, why do I need to go to the grocery store when I could do Instacart or shipped? Why do I have to go out to restaurants when I can do DoorDash, Postmates, Uber Eats, whatever? Mm-hmm. I can order it all to go. I don't have to worry about going out and catching a deadly virus. Literally, yeah. So it's like I said, it's just it's just crazy to see like how everything is so connected. Um, it, everything sort of plays a role in something else, and I just think this was such an eye opening experience because I didn't really realize, and I was just always questioning. I'm like, specifically with the coin shortage, I'm like, there's not a shortage of coins because whatever coins were out there, they're still out there. They didn't just like grow legs and like run away from stores or whatever. It's just that, that redistribute that, that redistribution factor that that's not there anymore. And also the fact that our habits as consumers have changed going to contactless payments, going to cards, shopping online and doing all those things that you were saying before. So it's just really, really crazy, but, um, sort of just getting back to everything, um, about you, Dan. Um, so, so now we're seeing that a lot of studios and radio hosts don't really need as many media staff and such. When do you anticipate the need for media positions to be filled again? Do you think that's going to happen towards the end of this year? Do you think it'll be next year? Or when do you think it, you'll have the opportunity to find a position that requires your skill set? It'll probably be end of the year. 2021 like the end of this year and then into 2021 if 2021 you know happens you know 2020 has already <laughs> it's been it's such a blur been, right you know it start it starts with kobe and then it just not even with kobe remember the whole trump and iran thing like literally january 3rd or not even january 1st mm-hmm Mm-hmm. He had to open his mouth, and then it's like, up oh, World War Three, and, and then Kobe. I, I no, there was something in between that. And, oh yeah, Australia went on fire. Oh, Australia then, was on fire. Yeah, Australia went on fire. Then Kobe, and then coronavirus, and then within coronavirus, there was about twenty different things. Twenty, like every single thing that you could imagine. Uh, the whole thing with. Uh, Will Smith with entanglements, the oh whole thing God. with uh, um, murder and hornets, then, <laughs> and then murder hornets, and then you know, I this is the the rise of the Black Lives Matter movement. I thought I think the coronavirus really brought that out. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think well, what the what coronavirus uh, highlights with Black Lives Matter is that uh, although you know, we're supposed to be social distancing and we're supposed to be staying indoors and everything. And you can make the argument that like protests and things like that are unsafe, but uh, I'm not sure if you've been to any, but I've been to a, a, a decent amount. I think I've been to about like six or seven and people do their best to socially distance and whatnot. Everyone's out there wearing masks, but I, I think what, what's super important is that people are out there for something that's bigger than themselves. People are out there to promote a message and sort of bring awareness um, and bring attention to something that's really, really terrible in our country. Exactly. And it's been, it, 
although the Black Lives Matter movement has been happening for years, it really highlighted this year, especially after the murders of, I don't want to butch their names, but Breonna Taylor and Elijah McClain Mm -hmm. just recently, you know, you know, another shooting where this man is now paralyzed. Yeah. Jacob Blake. Uh, I, that one, that one really, I, I remember watching the video, right? I was sitting in my bedroom and just, you know, mindlessly scrolling through Twitter, whatever. And I saw something and it was like, warning, graphic trigger warning. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm interested. And so like mindlessly, I just clicked the video because mindlessly scrolling, mindlessly just like habitually just like going through videos on Twitter. And I hit play and you it's everything happened so quickly in that video. You see how he is like walking around the, the SUV or crossover or whatever and the cop that's behind him, I'm blanking on his name, so I'm not going to say it, but he has his hand on on his shoulder and he's probably telling him like, hey, don't go in the car, don't go in the car because every everyone's screaming. So you can't really make out what anyone's really saying. He's mm-hmm. probably saying like, hey, don't walk away from me. Don't walk away from me. Don't go in the car or whatever. And that's when he opens up the car. And as he opens up the car, it is just so quick. Seven shots go off. And in the very first frame of the video, you can see maybe like his sister. It's someone that's a little bit older, probably not like his daughter or anything like that, but looks like his sister. But even behind the sister or whoever she is, there are little kids. And for me, I could only imagine how those kids are going to grow up. Like Mm -hmm. the impact of that event, like I think – in a very weird sense, it might have. This is okay. This is going to be a very controversial thing. I'm going to say it might have been better if Jacob Blake had died, as opposed to the kids. It might have been better for the kids to 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 live with the fact. What am I trying to say? Seeing their 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 father now disabled because of police may be more mm-hmm. damaging to them than have seeing their their father just actually die from police. And like that's controversial because obviously they, they should have a fatherly figure to, to uh, you know, to live with and be raised by and everything like that. But they, they're, I mean, they're never going to see the cops the same way. They exactly. will never they, see the cops the same way. They're, it's a loss of trust. And it's not, it's not just the kids. It's, you know, every victim of police brutality, it's a loss of trust. And I come from a very, I come from a very, you know, pro-cop. My my family is very pro-Trump. You know, they, they with this certain situation, they agree that you know the cops shouldn't have shot Jacob Blake like that. But you know, they're not whole into the Black Lives Matter movement. Extremely pro-Trump. You know, they're they're saying that this coronavirus is a way to get him out of office, which I think is absolute. Am I allowed? Am I allowed to? You know, swear? Uh, unfortunately, uh, no swearing on the podcast. Uh, uh, let's just say bull. Let's just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, they think it's leftist propaganda, and I'm just like, oh my god. First, as someone who's studied media, I'm just like, this is absolutely insane that you think this so actually now that you bring that up it, it kind of like perks a little you know sparks a little light bulb in my head 
Now, this is this comes from both sides. It's not just uh, people who reside on the right or people who reside on the left. Um, a lot of people will say like, oh, the media sort of pushes out a certain narrative that they want or the media is corrupt, this and that, whatever. Um, as someone that has at least had some experience in, in some studios and whatnot, um, do you agree with this? Do you think it's right up to a certain point? Do you think, like, what are, what are your whole thoughts when people say like, oh, the media wants you to believe this or the media is corrupt or the media is sort of like pushing this sort of narrative onto you? Oh, of course, of course. There, media has a way... My thing is, and I've always said this, even when I was in school, everything is propaganda. Everything. You can look at a sign, you can look at a poster, and it's like, is this propaganda or not? You know? And the media has a way of twisting your thoughts, making you wonder, you know, is this right? Is this wrong? Look at the narrative of the coronavirus, you know, pushing, you know, social distancing and isolation. Look at all the panic that everybody had back in March, buying all, you know, toilet paper and paper towels and food because they saw what happened in China and they're like, oh my God, we're going to be locked down in our homes, not doing anything for three months, which, you know, somewhat happened, but we had more freedom to do what we wanted. You know, the media does have a way of influencing you. No, absolutely. And that's sort of what I always thought. But what, I, what I've learned over time is that even though media does have an influence on how you think or what you believe in, I think it's also very important to listen to different perspectives of media. And when I say that, mm-hmm. so my family, like you were saying, your family is very pro-crop, very pro-Trump. So probably have Fox News on in your household or something like that, right? Like Fox News. Um, oh, there's another station that's pro-Trump. Um, it's not I-24, but it, it's another station that's very pro-Trump. Mm-hmm. So in my household, it's a little bit different. So for the most part, everyone in my household is very democratic. And so we will have CNN running 24 Mm seven. So I, you know, I do get that perspective, but I have in recent time been trying to make myself watch Fox news and watch other conservative outlets just so that I'm not just getting the one perspective I'm getting both sides. And then I can make my own judgments after the fact. Um, It's definitely difficult because I've been raised one way and like that's all I have seen. So when I do watch the other side, I'm like, oh, like, that's obviously wrong. But I try to kind of step back and sort of remove all those um, preconceived notions and just try to take the information as it is. And then once I have both sides, I make my opinions afterwards. That's yes. what I'm trying to do. Like I try to go, I try to read news that's very unbiased, watch news stations that are unbiased because if you're just getting one side of the story, you know. Yeah, if you're only getting one side, then you're only getting one side and you end up being biased. Exactly. So I, I've noticed that um, not just media, but I would just say like arts in general, like a lot of positions that rely in the arts, this can be performing arts. This could be things as like photography, 
um, a lot of the, the arts have sort of been on hold as well. Um, I think just, uh, just kind of backtracking to like importance of a degree because you're in media that is, that's part of the arts. Um, what do you think about people that say, you know, oh, you're getting, you're getting your degree in performing arts. You're getting your, your degree in art. Uh, people typically have a, a negative connotation or a negative outlook when people go for those creative sort of degrees. What do you think about people that say that? And do you believe that the art degrees have an importance in the world? Art is all around us. You know? Where would we be without art? Music is art. Film is art. Television shows are art. Where would we be without those? You know, if you want to go in just for a simple, you know, painting, even if you're just going in to teach, it's something. It's a career. I feel like... Um... Like for, for example, like the photography thing, I feel like people would even think of photography as something important, but think about like all like your weddings or your special events and things like that where photographers or videographers are needed. Um, music, if, if people can't get into music studios to, to produce music, then people aren't getting all their, you know, all their music through their streaming platforms and things like that. Uh, TV shows, like you were just saying, like there's so much, culture that goes into into like producing a film a short a short movie a uh excuse me a movie or a short film excuse me um <laughs> all those other things like i feel like once again we don't understand how interconnected everything is until everything's sort of put on halt and we're sort of in this sort of like almost like a fishbowl where we're just kind of like looking around and seeing like oh that's stopping that's stopping that's stopping Oh, the whole reason is because of this one other thing that is coronavirus. It's just really interesting. It is. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think we pretty much hit all the bases here. Um, we got a little bit of your background as to how you got into media, uh, your progression up until a certain point that got halted because of coronavirus. Ended up at a little bit on Black Lives Matter and how that's really important and how that's been affected by coronavirus and just basically highlighting the the atrocities that's happened over in Kenosha, Wisconsin, um, and also the the importance of the arts. I think that's probably the biggest thing that I really want everyone to take away from this is that you don't need to be a doctor, you don't need to be a lawyer, you don't need to be you know this uh, mechanical engineer. You you if if your mindset and your personality aligns with something that's more creative and you know, more artistic. You shouldn't be ashamed of that sort of field because the world absolutely needs creative minds. You know what I mean? Like not creative in like, oh, I can make this crazy formula because I thought about this. We need people who are going to produce media, art, because all those things are are, are, are rooted in culture. They, they, they give off messages. And just because it's not numbers or science doesn't make it any less important than anything else. Exactly. Exactly. All right, man, Dan, it's been really, it's been really fun talking to you here. Uh, we've had a really great conversation here and uh, just really do appreciate your time and, you know, just being so up and front and forward with, uh, you know, hitting me up on Twitter and everything. 
Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Uh, so Dan, just before you leave, uh, do you have anything going on right now in your life that you want to highlight? Uh, do you want to throw out your, your Twitter, any social media, anything like that? Uh, Twitter is at Daniels Instagram is the same thing. You know, want to be friends with me on Facebook, you go ahead. I post whatever I feel. <laughs> it's main. it's mainly music. It's mainly songs, but <laughs> all right, man. Sounds good. All right. Uh, thank you for your time and I'll catch you later. All right. You too. All right. And there we are. That is uh, our interview, our little talk with Dan Zwaro, a really, really great guy. Uh, we really did hit up on a lot of different things in that interview. Um, you know, like like I said in the very, very beginning, I uh, just really do appreciate Dan for just being so open and vulnerable with all his emotions, things that were happening with his family and how that's impacted him. Um, but he's a great guy, as you can obviously see. Um, has great goals in mind when it comes to media and broadcasting. And I really do hope that he does find success later on down the road. Um, you know, talking about Black Lives Matter, the coin shortage, uh, mental health, uh, you know, all these different things. Um, but just one point that I wanted to just clarify, because I know I made something that was, uh, like I said, in the middle of the in the middle of that discussion, a little bit controversial. Um, I I'm 100 percent grateful and glad that Jacob Blake is alive, that he'll be alive to see his children grow and everything like that. What I was trying to get at was that seeing their father now disabled, they can never look at their father the same way without ever having the memory of that trauma that is now going to affect, that's now going to affect them for the rest of their lives. So if it was quick and easy, sort of say, uh, of a passing as opposed to watching their, their dad suffer, uh, I think that it probably would have been a little bit uh, better for them. But like I said, that's just what I think um, I'm definitely happy that Jacob Blake is alive. I'm happy for all the things that have been happening uh, in Kenosha uh, for Black Lives Matter, just getting that message out there. Um, but once again, I hope that you guys enjoy everything. Stay tuned for that second interview that's coming out uh, later on this week. And uh, just keep on doing what you guys are doing. Talk to me on Twitter. Uh, get in my DMs. Get my mentions. Send me suggestions on topics that you want to hear about. Uh, remember the Twitter handle is always going to be at unwritten pod. Uh, I would like you to one on whatever, uh, platform you're listening to this podcast on, whether that be Apple podcast, Spotify, uh, anchor overcast, wherever you're listening, uh, just, you know, give me a little bit of a comment, give me a rate, uh, and share the podcast with your friends, spread the message, spread the love. So without further ado, I'll catch you next time on the unwritten podcast.